Um, Māori achieving success as Māori means to me that Māori get to define who we are and um, what knowledge is valued and what um, what impact we can have on our community. It means that we are confident in our real, whatever dialect that might be. It means that we know who we are in our whakapapa and who, who we represent through our mihi, through our pepeha. Um, and it also means that we understand what our role towards looking after the greater good for all Māori or to contributing to the hauora of our marae, hapu or iwi. listening to the NZPE Teacher Cast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing teachers and educators within New Zealand and around the world. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform supporting Kiwi teachers and students through NCEA. With the ability to track student progress and quiz results, data provided by My Study Series ensures teachers remain informed of how well their students are performing. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. Everyone and welcome to episode 43 of the NZPE Teacher Cast. I am super excited to introduce today's guest to us, Nicola McCall from Manureo High School. Now, if you haven't come across Nicola, which uh, I'll be surprised if you haven't because she plays a very vital role within our learning area. Um, Nicola is a Deputy Principal at Manureo High School. She is also on the PENS board. She heads the Māori Advisory Group as part of the um, PE New Zealand. Um, and she's somebody that's super passionate about all things Māori about uh, acknowledging um, Māori learners, acknowledging Māori educators and making sure that we are integrating a lot of te ao Māori within, um, within physical education, within education in meaningful ways. Um, so we're really lucky to have her on board the podcast this week, um, particularly as it's um, Māori Language Week. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of value in this podcast this episode and I can't wait to get started so Nicola welcome to the podcast oh mauri ora e hoa mauri ora whanau it's, it's really a privilege to be here this evening and as, I, as I mentioned I'm, I'm really excited to have you here because I, I think you do some amazing things for our community and like I mentioned it is Māori Language Week so that's really cool but before we get started can you tell us a little bit about your teaching background and experience and a few tidbits about this about your school and the students you teach Sure. Um, tēnei te mihi kia koe, kia koutou katoa, um, ko waio, ki te taho o tōku pāpa he urio no Scotland, um, ki te taho o tōku mama he urio no Ngāti Whātua ki Kaipara, um, ko Nicola McCall tōku ingoa, uh, ko au te tumuaki tuarua o te kura tuarua. Um, nō reira tēnei te mihi kia koutou katoa. Um, so, kia ora everyone, Nicola McCall representing Ngāti Whātua on my mother's side from the beautiful Kaipara and Scotland on my on my father's side and deputy principal currently at, at an awesome school, Manurewa High School. Um, I've been at Manurewa High School for, this is my 12th year, so 12 years teaching and 12 years at Manurewa High School. Um, it's a really, really hard school to leave and when our teachers do leave, they tend to always come back. Um, so we're a school of... 2,000 students, and um, we're we're the biggest DSL one multicultural school in the country. And um, I'm South Auckland born and raised, and I'm really proud to be a part of this awesome Fano at Manurewa High School. We believe in Pikiatuki Tirangi, which is aim high and strive for excellence. And um, yeah, we've got a phenomenal phys ed department there as well, health and physical education, and and we're all about um, providing opportunities for our rangatahi in order to help them meet their aspirations, not only of themselves, but their whānau in our community. So, yeah, really excited. Thanks for that. And 
Yeah, your PE department are pretty pretty amazing. Uh, the last couple of PENS conferences I've been to, you've had your whole department there and they are a big crew and they're a passionate crew and they're a loud crew. Um, <laughs> but my first, actually, the first time I, I bumped into you was, I think it was Palmerston North PENS conference where yes. I got to listen uh, to you and your department speak around some of the stuff that you're doing with solo taxonomy. And it was really just uh, seeing your your team interact with one another and share their stories and, and what uh, the group is doing for the Phys Ed program and your students at your school. It was just really inspiring. And to see a, a, such a large group that uh, are so tight is, is something you don't see too often. And I think a lot of the schools down here that have big departments, you 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 just see them not fractured, but you see your little pockets of people that, um, and I'm sure you have this, but I just haven't seen such a large group that, uh, are just, yeah, as like I mentioned, are really, really tight. So it's cool to see. And it obviously says a lot about the leadership within the school and the heads of department that have helped shape that culture within your department. And you've played a big, big part of that. Uh, you were, I think you were assistant HOD when I first met you. Is that right? Yeah, assistant um, assistant Holler um, under Katie Spragan, who has now who also now is a deputy principal. We've been promoted together. Um, this is our second year DPing together. So, yeah, we're a big Fano in, in the phys ed learning area, and we believe you know our highs are really high and our lows are really low. So, Fano is really important, and and that whole notion of having each other's back and being there for each other which, you know, comes naturally to us as visitors, um, but it's really important in our, in our environment in Manirua. When you say the highs are really high and the lows are really low, what do you mean by when you say lows are really low? What's an example there of where you might need to pull together to support one another? Oh, so, I mean, we're, we're in Manirua, Desol 1. It's no, um, it's no secret that we serve a community in poverty. And w what comes with that are um, we have the extremes on our doorstep every day, and that's and we we get to witness the resilience of our our students and, and our Fano and and the, their daily challenges, and we also get to see um, how our how our kids turn that adversity into into magic by the the stuff that they produce on a daily basis. Um, in terms of a phys ed context. Um, just just the hardships, just the hardships if we want, you know, camps and, um, you know, something might happen to our kids or to their whānau and we really come together to make sure that we're supporting that student or that whānau or that teacher supporting that student and whānau. Um, and that happens in every school. I'm not just trying to say that happens in our school, but it's really, um, it's, it happens quite often at our school. So I suppose just ensuring that we've got each other's back and, and you know teaching teaching it can be really stressful and everyone's going through their own difficulties and I think in the phys ed learning area everybody knows quite a lot about each other so we're able to pick up um, where you know where others might not be able to at times in order to keep the ship running. Mm. So, so this this transition into senior leadership for you you know you've gone from been a physical education teacher and now you are in senior leadership. So yep. I'm, I'm quite interested in how you found this transition. And I'm, I'm particularly interested in around this assumption that, uh, and, and this comes from, I've heard it being said before, and it comes from a little bit of experience and the discussions and dialogue that I've had around with some good educators, but that good teachers who move into senior leadership struggle being away from the classroom. They struggle being away from, um, having that direct uh, engagement with the kids. So what's this experience been like for you? Yep, completely relevant to my experience. Um, I was really lucky, though, because I um, called upon um, Natasha Himara, principal at Otatuna, to prepare me for my interview. And that was one of the pieces of advice she gave me. She was like, get used to not being in the classroom um, because you're going to fight a greater fight. You know, there's going to be other mahi that you need to be able to do and represent um, your community. So being in the classroom um, is not being in the classroom is a reality that you need to face. And it's tough. Yeah, it's really, really tough. 
Um, here's, here's, here's an interesting, an interesting question for you. Uh-huh. Where do you, where do you think you add more value to your students as a classroom teacher or a senior leader? Because I imagine there's a lot of stuff that you're doing as a senior leader that you, you wouldn't even considered as a, as a classroom teacher, but with the potential to impact so many more of your student body. So where do you feel you, you would add most value? Um, yeah, I would say as a senior leader, um, the game is a lot bigger and therefore you have more influence and impact on systems and processes that may not necessarily just happen in your school, but in your community. So for example, my mahi, one of my portfolios is that I'm involved in the coal community of learning. Um, so we're able to spread, um, some of the philosophies around culturally sustaining pedagogy into that practice with six other um, partner schools in the coal. So, yeah, I would say I have more impact as a senior leader um, just because what you're exposed to is a bigger game than what's in the classroom. not saying that what's in the classroom isn't important because it really is, um, but being in a senior leadership, you you have influence on school charter and professional learning and systems that, that, that run in your school and that's that's quite important especially when it comes to our Māori and our Pacifica kids especially. Mm, mm. How do you make sure that you're still maintaining those student-teacher relationships? How do you ensure you're still engaging with your student body and, and those students? Yeah proximity is really big for me and that's something that I reflect on all the time and it's something that I'm still trying to get my head around because there's terms where you come out and you're just like man I'm not close enough to to the ground. I've got too caught up in the in the paperwork and I need to go back out there and be more proximal. And to be honest, our whanau in our school, they'll have you up about it anyway. So um, when was it term term one? My whanau were like, my, especially our Māori whanau, they were like, well, where have you been? We haven't seen you. Um, we haven't seen you at Kapahaka and just trying to explain to them oh this is the mahi that we're trying to do and once you told them that they were like okay that's fine just just let us know so gone back to whanau hui and let them know that this is the mahi that we've been working on what's their contribution to it and then taking that contribution back to the table in order to meet the aspirations of our of our community so <clears throat> it's a tough one um, but I suppose just being conscious and aware that you're being proximal is really important whether it's going to whānau hui, whether it's just visiting classrooms, whether it's getting involved in activities or ensuring that you've got a student group to help you in your portfolio work, I think that's really important for me. But isn't that, I mean, that story you shared about when you found yourself being away from, uh, you know, the day-to-day and explicit interactions with, with the students, doesn't that such a great thing that we're in a, we're in a, in a in a job where our students can come up to us and say, "Hey, you know, we haven't seen you for a while. We we you know they're showing that they care about you, yeah. um, that you mean a lot to them, and they have um, the confidence to go up and say that to you." I think that's that says a lot about the type of work that we do, and and you know teachers often get a bad rap in in the media, particularly at the moment when all these negotiations negotiations going underway, but. When, when you break it down and you think about what we do, it's all down to relationships. And I just think that's really powerful that your students feel confident enough and safe enough that they can come up to you and talk to you about things like that and, and hit you up and say, hey, we feel you haven't been around enough or yeah. we'd like to see more of you. I, I just think that's so cool. Well, I think right from the beginning before I went for this job as deputy principal, I consulted with our kids and I consulted with the whānau first because we knew that we needed Māori in that space um, in our kura at that time, and I asked them, you know, here's an opportunity. Am I the person that needs to put my uh, hand up for it, or do I need to go and approach somebody else to take it? Um, You know, I suppose I never wanted to be deputy principal, but I think I've just been privileged enough to be educated, so therefore that was my contribution to the kaupapa, was to put my name forward. And I wasn't going to go into that role without our whanau and our kids, because it's too hard. And so I asked them, you know, if it is me, if we're going for it, are you coming with me? And we all agreed that, yep, that's us. We're going to go there. And so we've been in that space ever since. So they have every right to come and hit me up <laughs> because I'm I'm representing us. 
<laughs> yeah. Did, was there any, do you recall when you went through that process with them, do you recall any reservations from any of the students and, and whether they brought that up? Um, so I don't think there were any reservations. I, I just re remember being really emotional, but the fact that we've been on a journey at Manurewa High School for many years, like things Māori in the school have really um, developed from when I first started and probably in the last eight years or so, we've been on this mission and we've started a Māori learning curriculum area about four years ago. And so we have been working with our Māori kids around the space, around conscientization and you know, kaupapa Māori and um, going school-wide to support the kura. Um, so they were well aware of it and um, more than willing to take up the challenge. And, and our kids have, and our whānau have been smashing it ever since. They've, we've been doing some cool work at Manurewa High School. Nice. And, and I've seen some of that cool work. And there's been a, a couple of videos lately of, of some of the stuff that your, your student body have been doing. And um, I think it's really... Uh, it's, it's really exciting to see some of the work that's coming out of out of your kura, and it's I enjoy seeing stuff like that. So you've been you've been instrumental in the development of a Pens Māori advisory group. Can you tell us a little bit about this group and its purpose within our learning area? Yeah, so this group was set up um, basically to develop Fenongatanga around our Māori Pens members. Um, I thought it's really crucial to get many voices on board because. You know, being Māori representative on a PENS board is um, is quite a lot of responsibility and, and I fully recognise that we can't do it all Ngāti Whātua way, which I'm, you know, okay with, <laughs> but I don't think our, our, our friends from or our whānau from Ngāpuhi or Ngaitahu or anywhere else would be happy with that. So really the whole purpose is to bring Māori um, voice together so that we can be united and, and also represent our diversities because that's important. Māori is a very colonising term and how we do things in different iwi is, is different and we needed to represent those those many truths. Um, so, yeah, but we're, our purpose is to raise the profile of Māori within our organisation. It's about supporting our members, participating in kaupapa Māori and being comfortable with that. Um, and it's about advising the PENS board on anything to do with Māori in order to support our organisation. So it's a choice group. We've done some, had some cool conversations and some really dedicated, creative, hard case Māori teachers that are on board. So, <laughs> yeah, really excited to see where what, that goes. What sort of, what sort of dialogue has the group been having so far? What's kind of, what are some things that you've been focusing on? Oh, so we, um, around the PENS um, Māori Awards, we felt that it's really important to um, acknowledge our Māori teachers and acknowledge teachers who are contributing to te ao Māori through a physical education context because um, we know there's lots of teachers out there doing doing some hard yards and we wanted we just wanted to recognise that. Um, so we, we've been talking a lot about the awards and what they should be called and, you know, the the pūrāko or the narrative that goes with those awards and how they relate to Atua. And we've been working with Dr. Ahira Niheke and he's really helped us with that. We've been talking about um, creating hui and what might happen at the, that hui and what support we might need, not only for ourselves to, to fill our kite, but to also enable us to help those around us. Um, so yeah, pretty big corridor. Yeah, um, you know, I, I like what you're saying about um, being able to support our members, and and that's one of the the purposes of the Māori advisory group. And and I think, you know, I, I think if you go around to most schools in the country, and and even non-fazetas, you know, one of the one of the biggest challenges we face as educators is. Um, acknowledging Māori and our Māori learners and incorporating te reo in the way we teach and the things we do and Māori tikanga and, and all of that sort of thing. It's such, you know, we, I mean, I think of I think of it myself as a non-Māori and some of my weaknesses and it's really scary doing some of that stuff. And, you know, recently I've, I've been, and last time we caught up, I was um, trying to get my pepiha sorted and, you know, I've managed to do that a couple of times, but man, it is, I, I'm a, I'm, 
I'd like to think of myself as being reasonably confident around stuff like that. But even I was yeah. really, really scared doing that sort of thing. So if we can surround our members and, and our teaching community and support them and yeah. all of those things, then we're going to put ourselves in a better position to um, support our students the best way we can. So we support ourselves first and then we can pass that on to our students, which I think is really important. Yeah, and it's a perfect model, and that's and that's what hopefully the Māori Advisory Group will help our members to upskill in terms of their bicultural skills, you know, learning mihi, learning karakia, and understanding some real key te ao Māori philosophies around why these things are important, um, and then yeah, role model them to our to other to our colleagues, to our community, and to our students, and then once we get comfortable in doing it, then you know we can only pass it on to our kids too. What does the term Māori achieving success as Māori mean to you? That's massive because it looks different to different iwi, to different hapu, to different whānau. Um, Māori achieving success as Māori means to me that Māori get to define who we are and um, what knowledge is valued and what... um, what impact we can have on our community. It means that we are confident in our real, whatever dialect that might be. It means that we know who we are in our whakapapa and who, who we represent through our mihi, through our pepeha. Um, and it also means that we understand what our role towards looking after the greater good for all Māori or to contributing to the water of our marae Hapu or iwi, yeah, that's what Māori achieving education or achieving success as Māori means. But it all look different to each whānau, to each hapu, to each iwi. Why? I mean, that's 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 great. Like you've you framed that really well. Why do you think it's so hard? Like I, I think you know a lot of the a lot of the stuff I talk about, I, I reflect back on my teaching experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I sit there and I think about success in the classroom, like we all do, because at the end of the year, we are going to have an appraisal with somebody, whether it's your HOD, whether it's your principal, whether it's uh, senior management, and we think about success in the classroom. And very, very rarely do I think about any of those things that you just said there. Mm. Often we're forced to think about, okay, well, how many excellence did you get? How many merits did you get? Uh, did you get anybody get an endorsement? How many endorsements did you get? Why was it worse than last year? Why, you know, why was it better than last year? But very rarely do those other things come into play. Why do you think that is? I think because we're in a, um, we're we're working in a framework or an education system that is traditional or that is the purpose is to colonize <laughs> so therefore we're, we're working in two worlds that clash te ao Māori and te ao Pākehā clash every single day and it's up to mm. us as educators and us as Māori to help bridge those gaps in order to um, to keep our own mana intact but also the mana of others intact and that's hard mm. to do when when the two are at odds just about all the time doesn't mean that you can't find um, the silver lining to bring them two together because it is possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's you, you're never going to solve that issue on a 60-minute podcast, obviously. And, <laughs> you know, what you're, what you're saying is, is really powerful. But, I mean, what's what would be the first step there, do you think? What would be one one small thing that somebody like myself who, you know, like I just said, I, that's, that sort of thing never or very rarely crosses my mind. What, what's one thing I can do to um, to begin bridging that gap with my students, do you think? So what I always try to encourage um, teachers is to just build your deal in the classroom and, and normalise it and always tell the story of our principal, Pete Jones, who who's come from England and he's – he just started with the word kilda and he just got used to saying kilda everywhere he 
went, he would say kia ora. He got up and staff briefing, he'd say kia ora. He'd go to a PL, kia ora, my name's Pete Jones. Kia ora, my name's Pete, you know, Matua Pete. Um, but that just became normal. And he, and that just became part of his vocab. And then he challenged himself more and then he started doing his mihi. And he's got his whole pepeha and he can tell you that, you know, um, he supports Liverpool and the cop is his marae and all this kind of stuff. And it's really great. And he takes it everywhere and he makes an effort to say it wherever he can. And now he's getting to the stage where he's like, I know you've heard this before, but I'm going to say it again. And he'll go through his mihi. And he's normalizing that for him. Um, and so he t he takes that outside of school too. And um, yeah, so that's what, just building in those words. And now he's building in words like mahi, meaning work, and rangatahi, meaning the kids. And, you know, he he's just building his vocab on the daily and that will help him to understand the importance of what the language means for not only our Māori kids and whānau, but for Aotearoa New Zealand. So that's one thing all teachers can do. Normalise kilda in your everyday language. Normalise things like morena, you know, and build on those phrases um, and how you use them. Uh, we've got our teachers at Marirua High School do it so well. You know, you've got teachers who are saying, oh, kāpai, whānau. Uh, we've got haramai, you know, come over here. Just small little words that they've just moulded into the everyday language. That is the first thing you can do. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, I feel... I feel it, I've normalized for me saying kia ora to my students, but, and because uh, I think you have to, I think you got to start small and you got to have low expectations, I feel, because I've normalized that for me. And then I think of saying something else, a new word, and man, again, I get really scared and my heart beats and I get nervous and then I just don't do it. So I think with that, I think, try to normalize it but i also think you know don't set your expectations too high start really small and just introduce one word and keep going with that one word until it's until it does feel normal yeah. and then decide on what the next word is going to be yeah, and totally. then have a think about that and um i think that might be a really good way to go about it because you know it's it, it is scary and i and i think that is a big thing with our with our community and our colleagues is is fear and it's fear in, in lots of ways. It's fear of putting yourself out there. It's fear of failure. It's fear of what the kids will think of you, whether they think you're just being token, yeah. um, whether it's genuine or not. But, um, but that's I all part of learning that fear, hey? Yeah. yeah Our kids experience yeah, that every day. <laughs> every day. Every day. And this and and on that, this next question I've got. Now, I, I wrote these questions before I caught up with you at our last, at our, at the first Penn's board meeting I went to mm. and now I realize after hearing you talk about the stuff that you talked about um this I feel this is a really poorly worded question and the question was we know that Māori students spend less time in education and perform less well than non-Māori students and I wanted to ask you what you feel some of the contributing factors here are mm. but after hearing you speak man I know there's a massive amount of contributing factors that um our, our Māori students have um, have no power over that's just been forced upon them. So I think I want to I want to rephrase this question and and say well, we know that Māori students spend less time in education. They perform less well than non-Māori students. How do you think we can get away from? And and I don't think it happens as now as much as it used to. But get away from this deficit thinking that we look at our Māori students and go, oh, well, they're low performing, so we need to. Um, we need to do this differently or this differently. I mean, how can we look at a, how can we get to the point where we look at a Māori student and we see all the good things that they're capable of doing instead of looking at them going, oh, they're going to be low achieving. How do you think we can get away from that? Because I know it happens. Yeah, that's a big question and it's quite complex. But I think, you know, we, we need to look at what does success actually mean and look like. And if we're, and we have to understand te ao Māori a little bit more in order to see a different system or a different framework to work within. And unless you have a kura who is willing to um, raise the profile of Māori within the school, then you won't completely understand the fruits of what te ao Māori can bring to a space. And te ao Māori will save the world if we let it. I truly believe in that because it, it encompasses everyone 
in everything and every everyone has a role towards the greater good and within that model every individual is valued for who they are and what they can contribute whatever that looks like so it's that whole collective approach rather than an individual approach so if we move away from our western thinking of student-centered to more to our Māori or whānau centered or environmental centered um, then we start to see some some really cool magic. And I've experienced it at Manirua High School when I first started there. I used to get mocked for being Māori. You know, I had kids follow me around going, blah, blah, you know, poking their tongue out. And I was like, wow, you're really good at cuppers. You should join cuppers. You're really good at that. You should join cuppers. Um, and, and it was like our, our kids used to hang out in their, um, in their ethnicities. Our Samoan kids were beautiful and flamboyant because they had their language. Our Tongan kids were gorgeous. But our Māori kids... They were just, they knew they were Māori, but they didn't know what it meant. And until we started to raise the profile and make Te Ao Māori school-wide, that's when we started to see all our kids unite under the banner of Te Ao Māori. And um, it, we started with the with the small things, you know, we had a school waiata, school song, and it was Pikiatu, which was the Kapahaka group had been singing it for 10 years, and we spread that school-wide and our our other kids loved it so whenever they went anywhere now they wanted to sing Pikiatu the school song um, then we turned that into a school haka and um, our, spread it through the rugby boys and then spread it through the um, health and phys ed learning area teaching all our juniors and now that's gone school-wide and our Tongans are the best at leading the haka um, so having that te ao Māori um, raising the profile of Māori within the school, we were providing another way to be alongside the Western system. And because we were providing another way, um, our, our Pacifica tuakana were able to see, um, see an opportunity for their culture to be valued as well. So, um, you know, we do karakia at school all the time, karakia and mihi. And now our whānau, our Samoan, Tongan and our other Pacifica whānau are like, oh, can we say a Samoan karakia? Can we say a Tongan karakia? Yeah, by all means, this is your opportunity. But we all know the Māori one and now we can share others. So if we didn't have that te ao Māori system or framework disrupting our normal Western system, um, then you know, who knows whether our other cultures would have um, been able to have that space too. And that was the best thing about Te Ao Māori as we open the door to allow everyone to come through with us. It's really important. Yeah, yeah, you're starting to, you're starting to piece together, I think, part of your, your message around how encompassing Te Ao Māori is and how, you know, you talked about um, being one and all and the, the impact that it's having on other cultures and I think that's really powerful and you're obviously you're super passionate about this stuff mm. can you can you tell us I mean at what point in your career did you just know deep down that you wanted to make an impact on how Māori experienced education Did was was it something that coming into education you knew that this is what you were going to do or um, did your early experience at, at Manurewa, did it shape that um, that pathway for you? How, yeah. how did you come about that? Yeah, definitely my early experience. I was hired as a health and physique teacher, but because I was Māori, I was told, oh, you're Māori, you can take the te reo classes. And I, my, my, my te reo was very, very basic. Um, and But that's where the passion ignited because I was working with our Māori kids and our Māori kids were so down and out. They were really, really down and out, and it was, it was, it was hurtful. So it became an obligation, became a responsibility in order to um, support our kids through this process. And in doing that, it supported our whole school. Um, so yeah, started off, started off because I was in the Māori learning area and the phys ed, um, health and phys ed learning area, and then obviously working with a whole bunch of awesome health and visitors, we were able to um, take in the Māori values through our curriculum area because, you know, health and phys just fits so naturally with Te Māori. And then we were able to, 
to spread our message through two learning areas and I remember um, we had a lot of whole school initiatives and our health and PE teachers would dress up in Māori costumes in order to uplift um, uplift our Māori kids and their self-esteem so they could see themselves having a, a special place in our school and that's just growing. So yeah, it started, started because our Māori kids were so down and out when I first started at Manirua High School. You've completed a Master's in Professional Studies where your dissertation was titled Ngā Wawata o Te Whānau. First of all, I have so much respect for people who invest in themselves and step back into tertiary education because I just couldn't think of anything worse. Um, I'm so far done with study, so massive props to you. But secondly, can you describe to our oh, audience what Ngā Wawata o Te Whānau was and how you found the experience of going back to learn and study? Cool. So Ngā Wawato Te Whānau, Decolonising Education at Manirua High School, um, was just capturing a little bit of our journey at Manirua High School. Um, so we have developed a Māori learning curriculum area, and this is our opportunity to decolonise our system. And um, what we were doing was we were defining success as Māori for ourselves in that space um, and you know, being a big school uh, with 25% Māori what we tried to do is we pulled our resources to one side and it was about nourishing our, our kids into our Māori so they could upskill themselves in their bicultural skills so therefore we could um, support and uppy the rest of the school but we also wanted to normalise school-wide what we did in the Māori learning curriculum area um, so my dissertation was about capturing what our whānau wanted for this space and also the iwi and hapu aspirations um, what success meant like for Waikato Tainui and they had an education plan so working those aspirations alongside our whānau aspirations and putting it in together, putting a program together. So we were defining what success as Māori was at Manirua High School. Um, so yeah, that's basically Ngā Wawato Te Whānau, um, the aspirations of the whānau in order to define success for our Māori students at Manirua High School. Because we hope to reframe and reclaim positive Māori self-representations for ourselves and within our school. You've you've mentioned several times throughout the podcast the term colonisation. Mm. Could you do you mind just very briefly elaborating on on that term and what you mean by it? So, colonisation. Um, basically, we have the Alfano from from Britain had come over and they believed that their ways were much superior. Than, than Māori and so therefore they have done used the education system actually to assimilate and, and um, trying to trying to pick my choice of words here um, <laughs> basically get rid of what what we're about as Māori and they've used a very sophisticated system in order to to disconnect us from who we are and I'm speaking Māori you know disconnect us from our land disconnect us from our language disconnect us from our knowledge our spirituality the way we learn um, and it's been really successful and I think now we're in a time where we're trying to decolonize and reintroduce this the systems um where Māori were prosperous and healthy and, um, you know, thriving as a people. And the more te ao Māori knowledge and systems that we can bring into our education system, I think that's where we're going to get the success, not only for our Māori kids, but for everybody. Yeah, and, you know, I, I mentioned earlier on about the presentation that you gave at the Penn's board meeting and, you know, I've, I've never heard it shaped or framed the way that you did. And, you know, this 
whole idea of colonization and taking so much from Māori has, I've never seen it in that light before. And it, it made me just think about the way that I approach my Māori learners. Um, and, you know, it made me feel embarrassed. It made me feel a whole lot of emotions. Mm. And I know it's something you're passionate about. And I really want to, you know, going forward, I hope that we can find a way that you're able to share um, and whether that's you or whether that's somebody else, but share that story because I think a lot of educators need to hear what you said in that very small, um, very small session that we had because it was um, that was just amazing. I've never heard anything like it before. But um, you know, maybe later on that's something we could we could look at because yeah, I've, yeah, so many people could benefit from from hearing that, and you know. Even now, I, I don't think I got the opportunity to thank you properly for sharing that at, at that meeting. But um, you know, it would be good to to get that out in the in the public a little bit because you know, we I don't think we appreciate as as a community exactly what Marty has lost or had taken from them. Yeah, not the way you framed it anyway. And I have to acknowledge Maxine Hemi from the Wider Upper for um, her, that was her PowerPoint on Maori identity, and she used that to try and get across to her staff when she was teaching, um, you know, the effects that colonisation has on 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 all of us. Um, so yeah, I really have to acknowledge Maxine Hemi, a wonderful educator from the Wider Upper, and she she's someone that I acknowledge in my dissertation as well because that was her framework that we used there is what we use to shape up our Māori learning curriculum area at Manurua High so yeah very special lady have to acknowledge her yeah we, we've talked we've talked a little bit about about fear mm. when we're trying to embrace te reo Māori in the classroom what do you think some of the other challenges we as non-Māori teachers, or even, I guess, Māori teachers face when they're trying to um, incorporate all of this a little bit more? What do, you, what do you think some of the other challenges are, aside from fear? Getting it wrong, although I suppose that brings about the most fear. Um, but I think, and I think it's, we're probably the hardest on ourselves. Um, and if we don't get it right, we're really conscious of that. And, and and to be honest, it is important to get it right. So I would recommend that you are, or that everybody, even myself, being Ngāti Whātua and teaching and Waikato Tainui, I still have to consult and ask whether, you know, this is the right way to do things. Um, but I've, I feel like if you've got the best intentions and you're consulting with the right people and you're asking questions, then then that gives you a bit of strength to be able to, go forth um a lot of teachers i've heard they're scared about what the kids think um and and even even when i speak maori in my class i've had kids like miss why are you speaking maori to me we're not maori um and i always come back to well we're in aotearoa new zealand so it's you know it's only right that i speak te reo maori to you and i remember my Samoan kids used to have a real issue with it and i used to just say to them well I come to Samoa and I wanted to welcome my friends, I wouldn't just rock up and do a porphyry, eh? And they'd be like, they'd start laughing, like, no, miss, you can't do a porphyry in Samoa. And I was like, I'd have to learn how to welcome people officially in the Samoan way before I could teach you my way. And, and you know, so they kind of get it once you give them that context. We're in Aotearoa, New Zealand. It's important to, to acknowledge the reo and tikanga Māori here. Um, and then and then be able to use that as a framework to teach each other how um, whatever that context is looks in our in our different cultures. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it does. And I like you know I like asking for help from the students. Yeah, because they t they take it really serious. Like you know I I asked you know we'll be doing some work in the class. And I'll ask for some feedback on a concept. And you ask any student and they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Okay, here's what I think. But, you know, I'm a little bit shame or, or whatever, or I don't want to contribute or uh, I'm not interested. But then I've asked a Māori kid around for some clarification around something that I'm trying to say or a concept that I'm interested in. And, and they take a little, they have a little bit of pride and you see them, they, they gear themselves up for it and they, they you know, they want to, explain it to you and they enjoy seeing you learn so I yeah. think 
you know, asking our Māori students for help and support in the classroom is really powerful. It's going to help build those um, positive relationships. It's going to show that you are, you know, in that traditional sense of education or the a traditional classroom where we've been up the front of the class and the holders of all the knowledge that, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You can throw that one out. Yeah. But we need to acknowledge the people that do have some knowledge and power in the classroom and quite often it's not us and it's our students yeah, and definitely. they enjoy being approached for their thoughts and their feedback and 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 their contributions so that's another way that we can bypass some of that fear um, and acknowledge the good things that our learners are doing by asking them and asking them for feedback and asking them to share quite often i'll ask a kid to um, describe something in their own words you know instead of Sometimes I'll ask them to feedback to me and then I'll try to share it with the class, but other times we'll just skip that because I know it's something that's even beyond me. So they get an opportunity to present back to the class. And I think that's really powerful. From what I've seen, it's really built some confidence in the classroom. Yeah, definitely. And I always try to encourage teachers when, you know, trying to incorporate more kaupapa Māori or te ao Māori into their lessons, you can do that by one, incorporating the real using Māori words, or you could, too, incorporate Māori values, things like manaakitanga, whanaungatanga, um, rangatiratanga, um, or you can use Māori contexts. You know, you could use kiorahi, you could use matariki. So real concepts and contexts, and there's a really good resource here at Atohu, and you can Google it, and, it's, and it gives you a whole lot of examples and definitions that you can um, utilize in, in your classroom. It's actually written up by April Parata, a Minister of Education, but it's a great resource and I will sing it till the cows come home. Nice. I'll, I'll make sure that's in the show notes for people to check out. Um, before we get to the last question, is there anything I might have missed that you want to mention or is there anything that you want to ask me? What, what, what else do you think are the biggest challenges teachers face when they're embracing Te Reo Māori? I definitely think fear is one of them. Um, I, I think they want to save face. Mm. Well, no, okay, I'm just going from my experiences. I want to save face in front of the kids. I don't want to look, look like a dick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to make a mistake. Um, I have, I, I don't feel this as often anymore, but I feel like if I'm going to go and say Kyoto or I'm going to say the data Māori that the kids are going to look at me and go, oh, he's just trying, you know, that's just the teacher's trying to, it's very token. That's what, that's what I've felt in the past. And I've since learned that, no, it's not, it's not token and that the, the students appreciate that. Um, but all of those things, and there are ways, you know, if you have a school culture, a, a culture of leadership within the school that supports that and wants to get behind that, yeah in a meaningful way, not just, again, a token way, not going, oh, well, we probably should start thinking about our Māori learners, but if you've got people spearheading um, this approach and wanting to see change and investing time and, you know, it doesn't have to be money, but investing time, investing money um, and having the right people in the right places wanting to have change imparted on the school culture, yeah. then that's going to help all of these fears and all of these problems and um, and I guess that's the that's the challenge yep. to find yourself. Of well, I guess that's the challenge if you don't have that support as to how do you push past all of these things that we've mentioned if you don't have if you don't feel you're supported. But then if you are supported, then that puts some of the onus a little bit back on us. I think that well, you've got a supportive environment mm. now. It's your turn to um, just be a bit more accountable for some of the stuff that you're doing in front of the, uh, to your class and the way you begin incorporating more of this. Um, I guess that's probably my answer to that question. Yeah. And I suppose what some of the key things that we've done at Manurewa High School, you're right, we've had, we've had supportive leadership um, throughout all of this and Māori, um, things Māori or Te Ao Māori have been front and centre in our, in our school charter. Um, we actually have a kawenata signed with our with our um, Waikato Tainui iwi. So we're building those partnerships, which are really important. Um, it's been a collective responsibility. So everyone's responsible for raising Māori student achievement in our school, not just the Māori teachers, which I know 
um, is the case in some kura, but hopefully we're we're seeing less and less of that responsibility just put on Māori teachers. And also having Māori in leadership is really key. Yeah. Because you can't yeah. have a Māori voice if they're not sitting at the table. That's in your board of trustees, that's in your senior leadership, that's in your head of learning areas, that's in your whānau dean team, whatever structures that you have. Um, it's in your student leadership teams. Um, it's really important to have Māori voice if you want to be guided and, and protected. Um, with, you know, having te ao Māori in, in, in your schools. So that's what worked for us, I would say. Nice. Well, anyone listening who was trying to uh, integrate more of more of this and wants ideas, definitely there's some, some key takeaways within this podcast. And I'm sure Nicola will be um, open to people getting in touch with her too gets more ideas around a lot of this because it is it's not something that's going to be fixed overnight it's not something that's going to be fixed in three or four years definitely it's it's a long slog and it requires a lot of effort and a lot of thought around around how we go about this um final question and i'm gonna (laughs) i like to send questions to my guests but i'm gonna change this one so sorry for this But it's um, it's Māori Language Week, mm-hmm. and this, so this podcast is going to go live on Wednesday. So there'll still be all of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What's what's one thing a teacher who is lacking confidence can do in the classroom or within school that is going to acknowledge or celebrate Māori Language Week? Oh, there's so much that they can do. Have you seen that app, Kupu? No. Oh my gosh, you should see no. the app Kupu, K-U-P-U. It is so cool. You can it, you can take pictures of different items or different things in the classroom or outside and it will recognize it and come up with the Māori word. And it gives you a few options um, just in case it's in a different context and it'll come up with the word on your picture and then you can press the little um, sound button and it will say it. In, in the deal so you can hear it as well um, so I would say use that, I would say use Fakatoki. frame your lessons around Fakatoki are always beautiful um, but yeah, kia kaha te reo Māori, normalise little words in your everyday language with your kids Those are some really awesome ideas, I'm definitely going to check out the Kupu app um, but I just want to take this opportunity to really thank you for coming on um, on board the podcast Uh, I I think a lot of what you've talked about today and a lot of what you've mentioned is really powerful and I think there's a lot to take away and um, for our community to try to implement within their within their classroom and within their teaching and within their school and community I think you're super passionate about this stuff and every time I hear you speak particularly around Māori and what is happening in our schools um, it gets me really excited, both both because I can see some of the powerful stuff that you're doing, but also because it gives me some ideas and highlights some of the things that I need to work on. So I, I, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to um, have a chat and I hope um, the rest of the year goes well for you. So thank you.